Gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Hello and welcome to the Talent Podcast, the only podcast brought to you by The Wheel. I am your host, Adam Hess, and with me as always, Mike Yogi Berra Regan. Mike Yogi Berra Regan, how you doing today? Doing great. Just, uh, excuse me, scarf down a thing of buffalo mac and cheese. So. Is that mac and cheese made in buffalo? No, it was like mac and cheese with like buffalo chicken tendies on it and some blue cheese. But it wasn't made in buffalo then? Well, I mean, it was made at a Tops near my house, which is in Buffalo. So yeah, I guess it was made in Buffalo. So it's, it's Buffalo, authentic. Buffalo mac and cheese. Buffalo, Buffalo mac and cheese, eh? Okay, yeah, just making sure. Yeah. I'm, uh, as we record, eating quinoa lentils and tofu. So I also got my little protein shake over here. Got my water. I'm all set. Just in case we get snowed in after record this podcast for 12 straight hours, I should be pretty good. You're eating on a podcast? That's pretty unprofessional. Yeah, no one will ever know. That's funny, because the other day I was, I got some Pop-Tarts next to my desk. Little snacky from when I get hungry, and the other day, as a bit in the middle of you talking, I was just gonna like loudly start opening my pop tart and eating it, <laughs> but I forgot. Did you ever end up eating your pop tarts? Oh yeah, I think I only got one left. You know what's bullshit about pop tarts? I love that? how on the I love how on the box they say eight toaster pastries, but they're in packs of two. You sneaky. I mean, I know that is true. It's technically eight, but sneaky fucks, if you ask me. You only have to eat one at a time there, Mike. Because they do. What kind of sick fuck opens a thing of Pop-Tarts and eats one? And then. Because two of them together are like 600 calories. I'm not really worried about my calorie intake, but you just leave an open package of one Pop-Tart. You you just do that. You fold over over the little shimmery bit back over so it doesn't dry out. You know who used to do that? My mother. And it drove me insane. (laughs) Everything that your mom does drives you insane. Do you ever put butter on Pop Tarts? No. That's like a thing. That's like a thing that like the generation between our parents and us used to do. Yeah, that's degenerate stuff. They're also the losers who actually put them in the toaster. Yeah. Okay. That's my other thing. I cannot tell you the last time I've eaten a toasted Pop Tart. I have a hundred percent eaten a Pop Tart within the last four months. I don't think I've eaten a toasted Pop Tart in eight years. Like it's our. It's a Pop Tart. I was grabbing it for a snack. You think I'm actually going to put it in the toaster and wait? Like, that's it's like such when a waste you, of time. It's like when you get one of those little TV dinners, and it's like, here's the microwave instructions, and here's the oven instructions. No one is putting a TV dinner in the oven. What yeah. is, why, why are you wasting valuable cardboard space putting that? Right. You know what else I was thinking about? Yeah. Did you ever used to eat beef jerky? Yeah, when I was younger, and then once I got older and started buying my own food, I realized how st- like, stupidly overpriced it is. Is there anything that's a bigger ripoff that we don't talk about? It was like 11 pieces of small shriveled beef jerky and 85% air in that bag. And it also always came with one of those little gelatin packets to make sure nothing gets dried out. Bro, it's beef jerky. The point is it's dried (laughs) out. Yeah, and also it came, they're always like, the ones in stores are covered in like preservatives. They have like that shiny plasticky like coating over it. What is good, though, is uh, sometimes my brother-in-law will make his own beef jerky, and that's actually really good because it's, like, tender. Yeah, I used to live next to a guy who hunted. He would make deer jerky. Deer jerky? What about Slim Jims? You like, you like Slim Jims? Not, I grew up not so I don't anymore, but when I was a kid, I'd snap into a lot of the Slim Jims. 
Snap would do a lot of Slim Jims too. Was that for you? Was it entirely based around Macho Man being the spokesperson? Is that what got you into him? No, it was more that I was like a lazy kid who wanted to play video games all day, and it was instead of like actually making food, it was a lot easier to grab a handful of Slim Jims. Yeah, is there anything else as a kid that you would eat that you won't eat anymore? Like you would have to pay me a good sum of money to eat a hot pocket. So, yeah. One thing I don't buy anymore is Cheez-Its because I will like eat the whole box. And that stems also from like as a kid over the summer, just playing video games all day, crushing a box of Cheez-Its and drinking like an entire 12 pack of vanilla Coke. Yeah. That and, for me, for me, it was hot pockets and Mountain Dew. Yeah. Um, I'd be like, this is the greatest day ever. <laughs> I, I will say that I have like a thing about getting like texture on my hands. Like I don't like getting like sticky fruit on yeah. my hands so i i eat fruit with a fork which i've been made fun of in the past but i used to crush cool ranch doritos bro i don't know how i did that i can't touch a cool ranch dorito anymore without yeah. immediately going i have to wash my hand now i can't sit here with fucking cool ranch dorito dust on my fingers first of all i eat my fruit with a fork so that's not weird there you and go. uh you're I, a bad measure for what's weird or not yeah it's true and my version of that is if I have like pancakes or French toast, something with syrup, the second I finish it, I wash like my like mouth. I can't deal feeling like I like have syrup somewhere. Is that also like a facial hair thing? Like if I eat anything with peanut butter on it, I can't leave the house until I've made sure that I don't have peanut butter in my mustache. Oh yeah, like the minute after I finish eating something, I'm wiping down the the beard yeah. to make sure. That one? You get a little bit of this. Mm -hmm. Nothing's more embarrassing when you go into work and then someone's like, hey, you got a little something right there. Feel like a fat fuck. <laughs> That's why I always eat quinoa. So then when someone, I intentionally leave it in my beard. So when someone goes, you got something there, I go, oh yeah, that's quinoa. I eat it because it's high in protein. Did I mention I'm vegan? You want to talk about veganism <laughs> for a while? Speaking of fat fucks though, Mac Jones. <laughs> that's messed up. <laughs> Didn't he get shredded like last season at the start of the season? I don't believe it. He's gonna he was to like Will it. Levis shredded. He should, while well, he's like on the sidelines tonight, just go shirtless. Do you want to talk football now? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. This is the Weekly Talent Alone football podcast. We do a Monday podcast where we review the week that was and a Thursday podcast where we preview the week that will be. As today is Thursday, we are talking about upcoming schedules. A great thing about the move to the podcast to Thursdays is now we have a chance to preview Thursday Night Football. And what a better way, Mike. What a better way to kick off previewing Thursday Night Football than with talking about an excellent Thursday Night Football matchup. Hold on, let me pull it up to see what the matchup is. Oh. Well, I guess we can skip it this week. No. Okay, mm -hmm. fine. Uh, uh, so we have Patriots at Steelers, the game that might actually kill Al Michaels. The <laughs> this line... is the time he finally falls asleep <laughs> during the game. The line is Pittsburgh minus six, over under 30 and a half. Wow. This should be a sub-30 line, but NFL books I, are yeah. too cowards to do it. I mean, I would be terrified if I was the NFL to ever put a line below 30 just because it's 2023 in the NFL and shit mm -hmm. can sometimes happen, but still. Here's, here's how crazy powerful the nfl is though right this game tips not tips sorry this game starts what 7 15 7 15 central no i thought oh for you yeah yeah the nba is still trying to avoid this game they have their in-season tournament games going on they currently have one going on right now that'll get over before thursday night football and the second game doesn't tip until 9 p.m eastern yeah, you, you wrote down the question, like, how many people will watch? And in my notes, I wrote down, 
surprisingly more than you would think because <laughs> it's the NFL. Yeah, like this game, when you look at the numbers tomorrow, it alone will probably beat whatever rating both of the NBA and season tournament games get combined. Probably. The NFL is just a juggernaut, and they can throw out absolute turd sandwiches like Patriots at Steelers. And people will watch. Yeah. It's the Seinfeld bit because it's on TV. So Pickett's out till early January. Not that that makes any difference in this game. But either way, I don't think against anybody the Steelers should be a six-point spread, a full touchdown. I'm not sure the Patriots should be a six-point favorite over Alabama. I meant the Steelers. Sorry. That's what I meant, too. Okay. <laughs> I don't know which one of us said it wrong or if both of us did. But, yeah, I... I like, I want to take plus six for the Patriots, but it's also the Patriots, so I'm staying away from it. If I told you the Steelers cover this game, what would you expect the final score to be? Uh, I was going to say 13-7, but that would push. Yeah. So let's say 14-10. I would guess nine. That I said if the Steelers cover this. Oh, if the Steelers cover this? Yeah. Did I say Patriots again? I would say 14-6 then, Steelers cover. I would I would say nine zero would be nine my number zero. one guess on how the Steelers cover this. It'd be three field goals, no other scores. That's very much in play. Like yeah, Iowa Hawkeye fans are sitting down tonight. Like this is my kind of football game right here. <laughs> oh dear God, <laughs> that would be the darkest joke I've ever heard on this podcast. Uh, Jesus, that one might get cut. <laughs> Now when I mention it seven more times during this podcast. It's just going to be a long bleep. <laughs> Anyways, is, is Bailey Zappi again starting this game? Uh, I believe so. I have not gotten an update, like a little ding on my phone saying that uh, Be- Belichick is once again swapping quarterbacks. Swapping between bad quarterbacks, same thing goes for the Jets, is like having a flat tire on a car and then you just keep moving it to a different side of the car. Like, you're still not going anywhere, bud. Have we considered that the reason Miami's looked so good this year is because they also do get four games against the Jets and Patriots? I mean, that's definitely part of it. I'd like to say that'd be part of it for Buffalo as well, but... Yeah, Buffalo would have to look good for that to be in play. Buffalo's Buffalo's defense is going to get a huge bounce in EPA down the stretch, I bet, though. Yeah, so when we get to my game of the week later, I have actually a couple notes about that, so... About the schedule? Or no about EPA for the okay. Bills no, never mind. They're not. I thought that maybe they would have another Jets game in there too, but now you're playing twice. Yeah, the only easy game you have left on your schedule is the Patriots. Is the Patriots? Yeah, it's just pretty rough. It's tough sledding. Well, that's good. Hey. You guys are firmly in the playoffs, right? No, not even close. But how how vindicated do we feel coming out of this week? Now, Dak. Prescott followed by Brock Purdy are the MVP favorites. Oh yeah. They're tied for first. Yeah. Like people finally listen to us. We sound so fucking smart, man. We are fucking smart. The yak king himself, Brock Purdy MVP favorite. Before we talk about the yak king or anything of that nature, did you have any more thoughts on the Thursday night football game? It's hard to have thoughts about it. No, it's going to, it's going to be a rough one. I think the uh, titty kisser is just going to take over. Titty kisser, 200 and over, uh, 225 plus yards, plus 290. Slam it, people. Plus 290 to yeah, throw more than 225? Yeah. 
that's not bad. It's the NFL in 2023, like you said earlier. Yeah. 225 is not a lot of yards. No. So speaking of 225, I log into my FanDuel account Tuesday morning. I'm like, where'd this money come from? I forgot that before the Monday night game kicked off, I threw together a parlay of over 41 points, Jake Browning, 225 plus, Joe Mixon, anytime tutty, Bengals plus 10. And then here was the real genius move. Tanner Hudson, 25 plus yards. How the fuck did you get Tanner Hudson plus 25 <laughs> yards, right? Yeah, I'm not sorry, man. I picked him up fancy, didn't even start him. I think I picked him up last week in a league because all my tight I think I have like one tight end on both of my like rosters, and they were both on buys. I was like, all right. Yeah, Jake Browning coming out game on Monday. I, I know we typically don't talk about Monday night football on this podcast, but A, very fun game for the fact that there was no starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. Or the, I, I guess I should say they were on their backup quarterback, one Jacob Browning. But B, just a surprisingly fun game with by far the worst interception of the week. Like I thought Joe Flacco was going to have it for his bomb downfield that was just directly to the other team. Mm-hmm. But Tyler Boyd throwing an interception on a screen pass, great content. Yeah, they did. Uh, I don't know there's a clip from the Manning cast when they did their second double pass that ended an interception where they were just like, like, are you kidding me? Like Jake Browning has completed like however many passes in a row and we're doing double passes. They've both gone for negative one yards and now an interception. Like they were pissed. You feel, uh, you feel vindicated on that one. Speaking of which, the Jags lost. I do, but I mean, I know it was late in the game, but T-Law went down, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Did T-Law, did he go down in the fourth or did he go down in overtime? It was in the fourth, like I think five minutes left. Okay. Yeah. Roughly. But before we move on, just speaking on like those QB bets with the yardage, it's the NFL in like 2023 people. If you get plus odds, even on bad quarterbacks to throw for like 200 plus yards, just take it. Unless it's Bailey Zappi. Unless it's Bailey Zappi or Zach Wilson. Wouldn't take those. Zach Wilson back in the, uh, the starter seat. Oh, did he finally like break down and like fine? Yeah, I can't wait for him to go to t- I, he goes tell everybody huddle up and just no one gets in the huddle <laughs> oh it's gonna be it might be we have potential for one of the most elite moments in professional sports if Aaron Rodgers retires this offseason if we can somehow get that to work we have a chance for the best offseason for one franchise in NFL history. Like the Jets will be scrambling. Like when you have a bag split open and you're trying to get up the stairs before it gets to the point where stuff actually starts falling out. Yeah. How do retired contracts work? What do you mean? Like against your cap hit. I have no idea. Yeah. I I have no idea either, but that'd be hilarious. If like all season we've heard him being like, I'm coming back. I'm feeling good. I mean, who knows? I might be back this season because I have, superhuman healing abilities powered by ayahuasca and darkness retreats. And then after the season, he's like, on second thought, I'm just going to retire. <laughs> 180 completely. Let's like, just to, to roll it forward a little bit here, right? Mm-hmm. You're the GM of the Jets. They fire the whole staff. They sit you down as GM. And in your first day, the owner of the Jets, the whatever his name, the fucking ambassador to the UK, Mm-hmm. sits down across the table from you and goes, all right, Aaron Rodgers retired and we have no cap space. What should we do at quarterback? 
I mean, I guess you'd have to go to call Carson Wentz <laughs> on like a, a vet minimum. Would you rather call option. Carson Wentz or Carson Palmer? <laughs> I mean, if Flacco's coming back, I'm sure. Dude, Carson Palmer, <laughs> one of those underrated quarterbacks, like does not get enough credit for some of the stuff he did during his prime. What, if the, what about this? You're the Jets. Aaron Rodgers retires. It's the offseason. Do you trade for Justin Fields? Yeah, that might be it, especially if Chicago's get, gets a good return. And they're like, oh, we can just take Caleb or, or Drake May. Fuck it. Like, that could be the move. That could be the move. I mean, they Anyways, don't have an offensive line, so. <laughs> I can't Fields believe we're doing this again. Them. Why are we talking about the Jets? I don't know. R.I.P. Tim we, we, did this, we did this the entire fucking Monday pod where we just kept talking about the Jets for some reason. You got any more thoughts on the Jets or should we start talking about the topics we actually have planned? We can talk about the topics we have actually have planned. All right, Mike, did you want to quickly touch on the Von Miller situation here? Yeah, just because I don't... It's up in the air right now. As of yesterday, I heard that it looks like he might play. Brandon Bean's, like, passing the buck to the NFL and being like, we're just going to follow their lead. We haven't gotten any evidence that makes it sound like he's going to be put on the commissioner's exemplist, so we're just following their lead. And I'll be very disappointed if he plays this Sunday. Yeah, I know there's some implications. There's some union rule implications about mm -hmm. when you can or can't bend someone. And I know those are a lot stronger in other sports, but I know there's something like that. So I wonder if that's coming into calculation. But I just, I can't imagine why. Not just Brandon Bean, not just Sean McDermott, but the upper staff at the NFL is willing to risk this PR incident for a guy who has not been an impact player on this team. No, Losing Von Miller does not hurt the Bills' chances one way or another. And if he did what he is accused of, if he actually assaulted a pregnant woman, which I get it, there's a lot of question marks going on right now with this story. Mm -hmm. Initially, the pregnant woman said that he assaulted her, then she recanted it. This could be one of those situations where she was strong-armed and paid into recanting it. Mm -hmm. We really don't know that much information. There's an ongoing investigation, both by the NFL and by the police. Mm -hmm. But if what she claimed is true... You are in for so much hot water if you let Von Miller play. And if you don't let him play, it's not like the Bills are losing a player that's going to change win percentage. Yeah, no, not at all. I remember late in that Philly game, they like brought him in for a play, and Brumbo was like, oh, here comes Von Miller. I was like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and it just the what's alleged, it should be, hey, sorry, we're going to hold you out um, until... Like, this is all sorted out. We're not saying that we're not on your side or we're not saying that we think you like definitely did it. Uh, we're letting the NFL and the investigation play out. And so we're going to sit you until then. Because especially after the... Uh, I forgot oh, his God. name now. Yeah, it was Ariza, right? Yeah. After that situation, it didn't look great. I know the Bills were like, oh, well, we didn't... Like, he didn't give us all the information. But... Whatever was true there, I, I couldn't tell you. But it, it just, it won't look good. Someone in that organization needs to say, hey, this is, and we'll figure it out later. This is not, it's not, I hate saying that it's not worth it, especially considering how poorly he's played, because really it should not be worth it no matter how good of a player it is, just based on morals. Yeah, uh, the, the how made. poorly he's pay, played doesn't affect how morally incorrect this is. All yeah. that affects is it's just more shocking they didn't make the correct choice. 
yeah. So who knows? It could be a situation where he he plays and never sees the field. But find out. Yeah, if you right now had the choice, who has a bigger impact on this game in week 14? If they both were allowed to play, if they both, you know, never did anything were allowed to play, who has a bigger impact? 23-24 Von Miller or rookie Trevor Ariza? Probably like rookie Trevor Ariza. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's just makes it so fucking baffling, man. Yeah. Like, it was a win-win situation. Like, there could not be any possible way that this could have been a loss for the front office. You would have looked good if immediately you had cut him, benched him, sent him home, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't have affected your chances of winning this game. And they looked at both of those options and said, yeah, we'll let him play. Yeah. So maybe it's, and this isn't exactly like a great way to handle it either because it has selfish reasons behind it. But maybe they there is some contract issue or there is some union issue. Where they're like, hey, we can't bench him, scratch him or whatever, or send him home. So we'll let him suit up, but he's not going to see the field. But yeah. even that is like, we're doing this to save our own ass from cap issues or, you know, NFLPA problems. Yeah. So, who, who knows the ramifications if there is an NFLPA issue there? But it is one of those times, again, that we do have to bring up. Liberal people tend to be very in favor of unions. And so they tend to like, like liberal football fans, which, you know, are, are often the idiots we follow who love math. Mm-hmm. they often are pro-union just as, as an extension of being liberal. And that means that they typically are on the players' union side. The players' unions are the people that are trying to, that are arguing for players like Ray Rice or Adrian Peterson, now Von Miller. They're the people that have to go and defend them and tell you why what they did shouldn't affect their contract status. So it is entirely possible that there's something going on with the union in the background that we as the public don't get to know that's really affecting the situation more than you might think. Mm-hmm. But now we can move on to happier topics. All right. If talking about the Falcons actually is a happier topic, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, Mike, you should love talking about the Falcons because I don't know if you recall us or not, but prior to the season, Mike strapped me to a train track and started driving a steam engine towards me and said that if I don't take the Atlanta Falcons as the town alone official team he would hit me with the train so i was forced to do it what's up mike was it like in black and white and i had a curly mustache and you were tied to the tracks no that's ridiculous but everything we said was played over piano and was on a little card afterwards that you had to read and popeye showed up have you ever seen spinach that looks anything like what popeye was eating i've never seen spinach in a can no what is what is wrong with the baby boomers in the greatest generation what is wrong with the way they consumed food yeah they must have had it in a can filled with a bunch of like liquid preservatives but when i think of like like froze i think of like frozen spinach that comes in like that brick you see in the frozen aisle <laughs> anyways so mike was gonna hit me with the train list we took tampa bay as our team not tampa bay atlanta as our team so since atlanta is our team every thursday what we do is we go through and preview the upcoming matchup by making a same game parlay so just a couple notes i want to, to get out there and then i'll tell you my same game parlay for starters They are playing at home against Tampa Bay. Fun fact about this game. Did you know Mike Evans already has 1,000 yards on the season? And it's his 12th straight 1,000-yard season? No one. Year after year, we just... He's in the same boat as, like, Tyler Lockett. Keeps putting up, like, 1,000-yard year, like, seasons. But for the last three years, we've been like, he's getting old. Mike Evans has never not had 1,000 yards in a season. Mm -hmm. Is he a Hall of Famer? 
Super Bowl ring. Best receiver on a team 12 straight years. Um, I mean, probably. He keeps cranking out 1,000-yard seasons. He's going to get to a very impressive yardage total. So I think he can definitely end up being a Hall of Famer. Like, who's who's a more impressive receiver to you? Reggie Wayne or Mike Evans? Ooh. That's an interesting comparison. I'd have to look at how long Reggie Wayne played, but I mean, to, at a quick glance, I want to say Reggie had a shorter window where he was dominant, and then he had that bad injury. Um, I think it was like Luck's second year or first year. He blew out his knee, and then it just wasn't the same after that. Reggie Wayne played 13 years. Oh, wow. Which means he played one more than Mike Evans has already played. Yeah. Damn, yeah, Mike and Evans is already... 8,000-yard seasons. Okay, well, Mike Evans has, what, 13? 12. 12. Yeah, and he's at 11,437 yards. That math doesn't add up. Maybe it's oh, 11, then. Yeah, I think you're right. But either way, that is a monster year. 91 touchdowns on his career. I mean, this dude played 13 games in 2019. Oh, 10 straight. Sorry, I, I just pulled my 10 straight 1,000-yard season. So he's played 10 years, has 1,000 yards yeah. every year. Yeah, and he's only... 30 going yeah. on 31 like he still has some good years left in him yeah i think he'll definitely i think there's a very strong case he'll, he'll end up in the hall of fame yeah like in 2019 he only played where'd it go he only played 13 games and still put up 1100 over 1100 yards yeah through 12 games on this season 1012 yeah. yards yeah fuck man mike mike evans might be might be a hall of famer which is weird because we've i don't think that anyone's ever talked about him that way no also, in his career, one rushing attempt. That's smart by him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, line on this game is Atlanta minus two and a half. Over under, it was thirty nine and a half. It's ballooned up now to forty and a half. Ballooned well, by a point. The line actually moved to one and a half. I checked before we started recording. No, it's it's at two and a half. On Fanduel or on DraftKings? Fanduel. Oh. I threw my parlay together on DraftKings. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Preposterous, it, some would even say. And it was at one and a half, but either or. Don't matter. Well, it makes a huge difference, Mike. What if this game ends up as a one-point game? Well, I guess it wouldn't matter then, actually. Never mind. Never try to my statement. Yeah. Anyways, bet the under, folks. Yes. Speaking to that, the I just jotted this down. Atlanta games have hit the under eight times this year. Jesus Christ. So, yeah. <laughs> That's, that's not surprising. The, I bet the only team that's hit the under more often, actually, the only two teams that have hit the under more often are the two playing on Thursday Night Football. Browns might be in that mix. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely the Patriots, though. No question about that. Yeah, Patriots have, sure. are, after this week, they're going to have like four straight weeks where neither team scores more than 10 points. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Rashad White has been nuclear hot recently, basically since the Bills game. Atlanta. Still second in rush defense by EPA. Tampa Bay is fourth in rush defense by EPA. And uh, Desmond Ritter, still bad. That's really my notes on the game that I have going into this. Do you have anything else you want to throw out there before we say our parlays? Nine. The Patriots have hit the Patriots games have hit the under nine times. That honestly seems low. I expect it to be higher. I'm kind of surprised. Ten for the Steelers. <laughs> nice job, Pittsburgh. There you go, boys. You need to pull up the Browns real quick, see if we can figure out who's. Yeah, yeah the we'll the Browns, yeah. only five for the Browns. 
Look at that. Well, congratulations, Steelers. Your games are born. Yep. So, same game parlay time. I made mine on FanDuel. Don't know why Mike was using DraftKings. Just going out, wheeling, dealing, doing whatever he wants, I guess. In the past, FanDuel hasn't had as many of their, like, props up for us. Same game parlays on Thursday. But I guess they do now. This guy doesn't know how to look. Just make me look like a guy's just sitting at his computer getting confused about betting. All right, Mike. So for this, I went ahead and took the Falcons money line, which for devotees of the show will know that it's an unusual bet because I have often bet against the Falcons. Falcons money line, Baker Mayfield, 225 plus passing yards. Falcons pass defense has been relatively weak, as stated before. Still got Mike Evans on the team. That guy just prints 100 yard games. Rashad White, under 58 and a half. I know he's been hot, but this Atlanta run defense is stout and getting healthier. And Bijan Robinson, under 71 and a half. Like I said, Tampa has a pretty good rush defense, fourth ranked in the league by EPA per play. Bijan having 71 and a half, that's a pretty fucking high line. Mm-hmm. So once again, that is Atlanta money line, Baker Mayfield, 225 plus passing yards. Rashad White, under 58 and a half rushing yards. And Bijan Robinson, under 71 and a half rushing yards. That pays that plus 969. Nice. The uh, the Falcons actually currently do have the number one uh, run defense by PFF grade at 80. Number two by EPA. Number yeah. one's Patriots. Oh, okay. Um, all right. Ready for my parlay? All right. So I went in a much different direction than you. I decided to show some faith in the production of our, our town alone team. Uh, so I took the under, first of all, under 41. I took Atlanta Falcons, at least on DraftKings, I had to alt spread it, but I took Atlanta Falcons minus two and a half. And then I leaned on a PFF point. They have the 30th graded run defense. So I know that's different than how they're doing by EPA per play, but I went with their guidance on this one and I'm taking Bijan over 67 and a half and I'm taking Tyler Algier over 30 and a half. The double running back over. Double I running back out, over. When I was looking at these odds, it did surprise me how high Bijan's running total was, which led me to believe that there's some kind of disconnect there between rush defense EPA and production. And I'm not yeah. sure what exactly is going on there. I, did like Vita Vea get hurt or something? It's just weirdly high for Bijan at 71 and a half. Yeah, we'll see. On, once again, I know we use different books. On DraftKings, they had, I didn't have to change that. They had his over it or his line at 67 and a half. Wouldn't yeah. it be funny if we both hit this? Like, what if he runs like 70 yards? That'd be awesome. That'd be great. That'd be great. I, yeah, I kind of think the, I'm basically betting on like a hundred yard rushing day out of Atlanta's backfield. Get 68 from Bijan, 31 from Algier, and then Ritter scrambles for two. And <laughs> they get 101 yards. <laughs> Is it really going to chap your ass if Cordero Patterson just takes all of Tyler Algiers' carries? It will. I will be calling someone on the sidelines to, I don't know, step on his ankle. I'm just going to go knock over a Oops. FedEx truck, get back yeah. at Arthur Smith's rich daddy. Yeah, real quick, that was the like the worst part about the Trevor Lawrence injury is it was his lineman who stepped on his ankle. And then there was that awkward moment where Lawrence is on the ground in pain and the lineman is just like standing over him. Like, oh, fuck, did I do that? You think he hit the Steve Urkel when he did it? 
Like he was standing there and went, didn't I knew that? And the laugh track kicks in, credits roll. He t- like everybody was like looking at him upset, and that's what he tried to do to break the tension. <laughs> it was just crickets. <laughs> no one said anything. Doug Peterson comes and gives him a hug. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta say, Trevor Lawrence really fucking milked that injury for everything he could get out of it. Yeah, he's he's questionable as of right now. So he's he was rolling around on the ground, you know, <laughs> screaming, threatening to chop off his own leg to stop the pain. And then they have two people help him off, right? Mm-hmm. No cart. And then Trevor Lawrence goes, no, we have a cart, but I told him not to bring it out. Why? Just let him bring out the fucking cart, dude. Your leg trying... is worth so much money to this franchise. He was trying to look tough. Trying to get some, I mean, some Cut your point. fucking hair and if you want to look tough. <laughs> Anyways, why are, we, why are we talking about the Jags? I don't know. Hey, you got anything else on the Atlanta game? No, I just bet the under, guys. Bet I didn't even under. add it into my parlay. Just bet the fucking under. That's the best bet. All right, but the other thing we do on Thursdays is we preview the slate of games. Uh, not all of them, but the interesting ones. So, for the week 14 games of the week, first up I have Philly at Dallas, Sunday Night Football. Line on this currently, Dallas minus 3.5, over under 51.5. When I started making this, my first thought was, you know what? We had a really good slate of Sunday Night Football so far this year. Yes, especially lately it's been picking up. Yeah. So that's the thing. I had that thought, and then I went and looked it up. We have not had good Sunday night football this year. It has been it's been a bad year for Sunday night football. We've had like three good games in a row. Yeah. No, that's what I said it's been picking up lately. <laughs> yeah. Like, here are some of the early season games we had. Week one, Dallas at New York, 40-0 Dallas. Mm-hmm. Week two, Dolphins at Patriots, 24-17 Dolphins. Steelers at Raiders was week three. Steelers at Raiders on Sunday Night Football. Like, there's some teams where, like, the Jets, their primetime games, it's like, oh, NFL thought they were getting Rodgers. I don't know why the hell they went Steelers-Raiders. Like, what (laughs) what did you think you were getting with them? The Giants had two Sunday Night Football games. Were they both divisional? No, one of them was against Buffalo. Oh, that's right. Well, that that was Dable's return to... Buffalo, so that that's probably why they did that one. We had Jets Raiders on Sunday Night Football. Why are the Raiders in two Sunday Night Football games? That's a question we should all be asking. I don't know. And of course, Vikings Broncos. I have nothing on that one. I think we uh, might need to have a long talk with whoever was programming Sunday Night Football this year. Yeah. So yeah, uh, not as good for Sunday Night Football as I thought. Just a, a good last few weeks where. You know, this week we get Eagles at Cowboys. Last week, Kansas City at Green Bay, which turned out to be a very good game. Ravens at Chargers, which was a 10-point game, but still pretty fun. San Francisco at Seattle, which was kind of a blowout. But and that was even, that wasn't Sunday night. That was Thursday night, but it was a Sunday night crew. Ravens apparently broke Justin Herbert based on that Patriots game last week. <laughs> He's seeing ghosts. He keeps seeing ghosts of Kyle Hamilton out there. He just sees Patrick Queen in his dreams. Yeah. So just to hype up this game a little bit, hype up Philly yeah. at Dallas. If Dallas wins, it ties the division at 10 and 3. That also means it ties the one seed at 10 and 3. With each team picking up a head-to-head win. Which means we go to some other tiebreaker that no one actually knows. Divisional record, maybe? I think that's the first tiebreaker, right? Yeah, which if that's the first tiebreaker, these teams are set because they're going to split against each other and then crush the bottom two teams in the division. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was like, well, it's, first it's head-to-head, but they would have split, so then it would go to divisional record. Yeah, so then I think it's like conference record, which 
Mm-hmm. Who even fucking knows what their conference record is? I mean, it, it would say it if you pull up the, the standings. But yeah, no. I know. But <laughs> you want me to do pull up the fucking standings? Yeah, but no. down the stretch, both of these teams play like a pretty hefty, just in conference schedule. Mm-hmm. But the Eagles have such an advantage here, man. Cowboys play Bills, Dolphins, Lions, and Commanders. Mm-hmm. Two hard games, or I should say, a, three games that could be anywhere from hard to okay. And then the Commanders, Week 17. So if, if they need that Week 17 win, they're set. The Eagles get the Seahawks, the Giants twice, and the Cardinals. The Seahawks are their hardest game left on the schedule after this. Like, what's the line even going to be on that Seahawks game? Like, Philly minus five and a half? I think it's currently at minus four and a half right now. Okay, that'll be their closest spread the rest of the year. Or Seattle. No, I'm just kidding. For Philadelphia. <laughs> That'll be their closest spread the rest of the year. They won't have anything close to that again. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Dallas comes out and just stomps them into the dirt. Maybe they're, maybe they're dogs against Arizona in week 17. <laughs> That's a Shane Steichen revenge game. Not Shane Steichen. Who's the other one? Josh Gannon. Josh revenge Gannon. game. Yeah. Two of those games are pretty big. The Seattle and Arizona games are the battle, you know, Trying to determine who's the best bird team. Uh, I don't think they they have, they didn't play Atlanta this season. So they yeah, did lucky. Atlanta already get pushed out of the conversation? What about Baltimore? Oh, that's right. That's it. Well, there's so many birds. They lost. They lost to Baltimore in Week One of the preseason. So, so Baltimore. right now the best the best bird team is Baltimore. Has Baltimore lost any bird teams this season? I'd have to check. Let's see. The Ravens have. Nope. The only bird team they played. This season as was Seattle, who they beat thirty seven to three. Ravens get the bird crown this year, I think. They are I guess, they are number one. I guess it gets no, I, w- I was gonna say it gets more confusing if the Seahawks and Cardinals beat the Eagles, but still then Ravens Ravens take the crown. Hey was was Lamar's college mascot a, a bird? Yeah, he went to Louisville, so it was a yes. Cardinal. Cardinal, right? This guy just fucking loves birds, man. <laughs> He's a bird watcher. That's why he chose to go to the Ravens. <laughs> Are we supposed to be talking about Philadelphia versus Dallas? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's a Cowboys home game. The Cowboys are on a 14-game home win streak. I don't put as much stock in that. I think the home advantage has really dissipated in the last 10, 15 years. But people are talking about it, so it's something we have to bring up. It's also the battle for the MVP. I know I said that last week with Dak and Brock Purdy. Or uh, with Brock Purdy and, and Jalen Hurts. But it is once again the battle for the MVP. Like, if Jalen Hurts comes out and puts on, like, another Super Bowl performance like he had, like, does, like, 3-12, four total touchdowns, do you think that would pull Voltum into pole position? Yeah, probably. I mean, there's, like, a narrative around Jalen Hurts with the media and everything. So, I think strong performances and a really great, like, a number one seed at the end probably locks it up for him. But I also think this late in the season... That, you know, coming down the stretch, I feel like if Dak, if the, he puts up a big game this week and they just kind of handedly win by a couple scores over Philadelphia, then I think he might like lock it up this week. Okay, I'm so sorry. I got distracted because I pulled up the, the Cowboys schedule this season uh-huh. and NFL news on the sides. For some reason, from four minutes ago, I got an alert that says Bill's coach, Sean McDermott, apologizes for 9-11 remarks. 
I have no idea what that's about. What do you say about 9-11? Was he like, it's been 22 years, people. <laughs> Buffalo Bills coach Sean McDermott said Thursday he regretted mentioning 9-11 in a 2019 training camp talk with his team and immediately apologized to his players. So did that like just come out that he mentioned it? And so he has to apologize because it's four <laughs> years later, but like, what are you... <laughs> McDermott emphasized Thursday he made the comments to discuss the importance of communication and being on the same page with his team. All right, let's stop there. <laughs> what was what fucking point was Sean McDermott trying to make? Those the, the terrorist. They had great communication. <laughs> was that his point? And then <sighs> he says that he regretted mentioning 9-11 in my message that day and immediately apologized to the team and said, not only was 9-11 a horrific event for our country's history, but a day I lost a good family friend. Oh, no. Was this all an elaborate ploy so that Sean McVay can talk to someone about how one of his friends died in 9-11? You mean Sean McDermott? What did I say? McVay? Yes. <laughs> It'd be wild That's if this was a Sean McVay ploy. Different caliber coach. When asked why he mentioned 9-11 and whether hijackers were specifically referenced as an example of a group coming together, McDermott said, I was mentioning 9-11 in the context of the team meeting. That doesn't answer the question, Sean. <laughs> he definitely said it was the hijackers that were a good team. <laughs> See? I told you that's where he must have went. Is there any chance that they leaked this just to distract everyone from the Von Miller thing? I mean, maybe, but I don't know how smart it was. <laughs> like, with the season we're having, like, how smart is it to then be like, you know what we need to throw out there? More bad publicity. Wild headline to run into when I'm just trying to pull up the, the Cowboys schedule. Four years later, the guilt weighed on McDermott for too long. He had to, had to apologize. <laughs> he, he wouldn't deny <laughs> talking about the hijackers. <laughs> That's the best part is he dodged that question completely. But yeah, to go back to Dak. Yeah, this, so I, I the MVP that... typically is won by either the first or second seed mm -hmm. in the in a division or uh, in a conference. And if if the Cowboys win this game and they tie for the one seed and go on to either take it or, or come up a game short, I think it'd be hard not to give it to Dak at this point with the Terry he's been on. Yeah, because I see... Like, even after this, I know he has to go to Buffalo and to Miami, but those are two defenses he can also have big days against. Yeah, even if they lose those games, he can have a yeah. big day against the defense. Yeah, so let's say they go, like, 2-1 and one through that stretch. They can definitely beat Detroit Week 17. And then Week 18, it depends if, depending on how the standings shake out, if they even start their starters in, in Washington. But, yeah, over these next three weeks, Stacks can just lock it down, put it to bed. Here's my concern. I'll say I'm I, a, I want Dak to win the MVP because I've been the Dax great guy for a few years now. So I'm my, part of my press. It's like if Vancouver misses the playoffs, part of my professional career is staked on Dak being good. So I need him to win the MVP. Here's part of my concerns. They've been on this insane tear since the San Francisco lost or San Francisco loss where they've won five out of six games, mm -hmm. but they're not beating the stoutest of competition. Six out of seven. Six out of seven. There you go. They're not being the stoutest competition. Their only loss came against Philly in week nine. Yeah. Here are the teams they beat. The Chargers, the Rams, the Giants, the Panthers, the Commanders, the Seahawks. Now, 
it's worth noting they're plus 107 through the game since the San Francisco loss. And they only lost their one game by five points. Yeah. You really stole my point because I was going to be like, it was a tough competition, but when you look at Rams, Giants, Panthers, Washington, like they just blew out all those teams, which I think is also what really good teams are, are supposed to do. I know I start saying this every week, but this is going to be one of those games where we learn something, I think. Yeah, I mean, we could we could, we could learn something last week when the Niners kicked around the, the Eagles. Yeah. I guess we probably learn something every game, but still. We're, we're going to learn some stuff this week. Uh, throw out my score prediction here. I'm going 37-30 Dallas. Let's get this fucking playoff run race wacky, man. Let's get it going to where the Eagles and Cowboys both have to play their starters week 17 to lock down the one seed. Yeah, well, that was another thing about that added to the importance of this game is that by the Niners beating the Eagles last week, like Eagles win, they get like a little bit of a nice cushion for that number one seed. I mean, they'd have a two game advantage on the Niners and then they two and a half on Dallas and two and a half on Dallas. So it went from that to always like all of a sudden, no shit. We're like in a battle for this where we can't afford to drop many more games. Yeah. They have a one and a half game lead right now on Dallas, which gets completely erased if Dallas wins. Mm -hmm. Mildly specific prediction. Philly can't march down the field to end the game. They turn it over on downs. Dallas kneels the ball out. Inverting the whole Dallas paradigm, where Dallas is always the team that does something dumb and can't march down the field. Is Duran getting another pick? No. No? Absolutely oh, no. not. That's fucking ridiculous. I've scouted this team. Jalen Hurts doesn't throw picks to people like Duran Bland. Eh. See, now when he doesn't do it, I'm going to look like a fucking genius. You are. But I will definitely call you out if he does. <laughs> I'll edit this out of the podcast if he does. I have the power of editing. You do? If after like Sunday night, I see the pod just disappear from like our feed on, on Apple Podcasts, I'll, I'll text you and be like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Got to correct your takes afterwards. I'm just going to dub over myself predicting exactly what happens at the end of the game. Make it like a really bad edit where you're like, Deron Bland does get an interception. Yeah. I think. <laughs> All right, Mike, your game of the week this week, <laughs> because I left it to you and you still seemed upset about it. Yeah, because I don't want to do it, but I was like, fine, Buffalo at Kansas City. Here we you go. Wanna you want to just flip? You want to do You want to do Philly-Dallas? I'll do Buffalo at Kansas City? No, I'll do Buffalo at Kansas City. Okay. So I got my notes on it. Uh, let me just double check if the line has changed since I wrote this down. Nope. Kansas City is still a one and a half point favorite, and the over-under is at 48 and a half. So an interesting thing, Buffalo still has the fourth best coverage grade but they're 12th in EPA per play and 21st in success rate, which I think factors into their safe style of defense they've been playing. Like, I don't think they'll give up like massive chunk plays, but if you want to get like nine yards, <laughs> 10 yards for a first down, they're very much there. Uh, I think a big part about this game is KC is 21st in red zone touchdown percentage. And then they're also 21st in defensive red zone. Uh, and that's for j just for touchdowns, not, not field goals. While Buffalo's defense is 13th. Um, Buffalo's also fifth in red zone scoring attempts per game. They're tied for first in red zone touchdowns per game. And they're second in scoring percentage and uh, touchdown scoring percentage in, in the red zone. So I think that 
is going to be what the difference is in this game is I think Kansas City could get held to a couple more field goals than Buffalo. Uh, it's wild how much we love this Kansas City defense at the beginning of the year, and they've fallen with injuries and everything. They've fallen all the way to like 25th per PFF grade. Yeah, these have to be up there on the two teams most impacted by injury on defense. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because I'm a Bills fan, I, I obviously have to stay positive about it and hope for the best. But I am bracing for like, all right, how is McDermott going to infuriate me this week? And how many timeouts is he going to have left in his pocket when he does it? Well, Mike, how are you supposed to talk to your team about 9-11 without calling timeout? <laughs> you really got to work it up. If they would have called a timeout there, it wouldn't have gone according to plan. The greatest two-minute drill in history. I don't know. <laughs> uh, this line a couple weeks ago, I think, would have been way different. But the way stuff has gone recently for, for Kansas City and the way the offense has disappeared, it's definitely affected it. I mean, the Buffalo's credit, their offense has been rolling ever since Joe Brady took over. I know it's only been two games, but they've, they've looked good. They I also think to... their offense looked good before Joe Brady took over, to be fair. I know we're going to have, we'll have that argument until the end of time tonight. Real quick, I, uh, I what, what week did Joe Brady take over? His first game was against the Jets in week 11. Let's just uh, update the EPA rankings here. Uh, so if you update the EPA rankings from week zero to week 10, Josh Allen is the second best quarterback by EPA per play in the league. And if you just go week 11 on, Josh Allen is 10th. All I'm saying is after the Dolphins game, we scored 20, 14, 25, 24, 18, 22. And then last two weeks, we scored 32 and 37. Bills, since Joe Bray took over, sixth in EPA per play. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, Bills before Joe Bray took over third. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. You know what's wild? How is... the Bills were just as good before, in fact, better before Joe Bray took over? Is that, is that what's wild? No, because Ken Dorsey's offense got us behind so bad and, and down in distance that Josh was having to make big plays, and it was boosting his, his EPA along with our offense. Anyway, back to Kansas City versus Buffalo. It's crazy how when you look at like some of the PFF grades for like receiving and stuff for Kansas City, they're still pretty good because Patrick Mahomes is just trying his hardest to make up for this god-awful receiving core he has. Between like MVS, Kadarius Tony. Who's the best? Is is Rashi Rice. I was gonna say, is Rashi Rice like the best receiver on that team now? Yeah, you see that end around they ran last week? He looked like he was shot out of a cannon by the time he hit the line. I mean, yeah. he's so fucking fast. He's he's like Tyree Kilbo without the abuse. Uh, by the way, if you I, I know you earlier said that part of the reason that the Bills uh, EPA looks so much better now than when Ken Dorsey was in charge of the offense is because they were behind a lot, right? No, that was when Ken Dorsey was in charge. My That's bad, I, I said that better. backwards. Yeah, mm -hmm. you, you know how you were talking about how it was because because they were behind a lot more under Ken Dorsey, their mm -hmm. EPA looked better. Their rush EPA went from 5th in the league to 19th in the league. Which is weird. It's just one of those things where the tape looks different than the numbers. I feel you like to see what you want to see there, bud. Maybe. Maybe I'm, I'm creating a narrative based off what I want. That's totally possible. I mean, in sports, you can literally go out there and find some kind of number or thing that will match your argument. <laughs> it's part of what talking about sports is basically what it's all about. Uh, I do think if you're going to make some prop bets, Travis Kelsey is going to have a big day. 
because we play such a safe defense, I feel like he's going to have space to eat us up. And linebacker is a relatively weak position. Although you'll probably bracket him with a safety up top. Oh, d- definitely. I mean, we're going to have to, especially with M- Matt Milano being out. I just don't, yeah. like, I don't think Tr- Terrell Bernard's going to be able to hang with them in-, in company. It just doesn't look good. Yeah. And but, in general, you've never really had a fast defense. So also, like, Rasheed Rice or MVS might end up having a big day or Isaiah Pacheco. Mm-hmm. We'll find out about this rushing game that you speak of. Buffalo is third in run success rate, fourth in EPA per play. Kansas City's defense is 31st in EPA per play and 21st in success rate. So this Since could be when? a big okay. How is that true? That's I mean, that's what it is according to the, the website we use for the whole that's year. wild. Yeah. Really falling off. So oh, they're be... second in rush um, or in drop back success rate. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. So this could be a big James Cook. Ty Johnson, who all of a sudden we like are, is like we're throwing in there some snaps and he seems to always end up with a positive play. It's really fucking weird. <laughs> but yeah, it could be a, a big James Cook day if you're looking for a prop bet for Buffalo. But to get to my prediction. Yeah, bet on the ground game. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I think the Bills win. And once again, I think it comes down to we can get a couple more red zone stops and force them to kick field goals and Kansas City will be able to. So I got the Bills winning 30 to 23 under or over hits. And my specific prediction is very specific. I'm saying Rasul Douglas gets an interception specifically on a pass intended for MVS. <laughs> and it will be entirely MVS's fault. Yeah, yeah. Like MVS tips it and Rasul Douglas is just standing there. <laughs> yeah, or he runs like the wrong route on an option and Mahomes is like, what the fuck? Well, that's fine, because you know who they have on the other side is Kadarius Tony, who notably is very good at all yeah. the mental aspects of football. Remember that clip when he showed up to training camp without shoes? I don't. Yeah. That was, he, like, his, his rookie season. Yeah, he didn't bring his cleats. He was uh, out like running drills in socks. I thought he like walked up to the facility not wearing shoes. <laughs> no, not, nothing like that. <laughs> That'd have been cooler. I got a couple of other games we want to run through here, closing out the show. First up, I have Denver at the Chargers on here. Denver 6-6, six and six, Chargers 5-7. and seven. Kind of a last gasp game for both teams, especially after they both lost last week. Current line, Chargers minus 2.5, over under 43.5. I think this is the Broncos' regression game. I know we had like a mini regression game last week. They stayed in that one until late, until Wilson threw that end zone interception to end the game. But I think this is the week where the both the Broncos' defense is going to regress and the Broncos' offense won't be able to carry the load. Because this defense, I mean, look, look at the start of the year. This defense was not good. And they've been playing, like, pretty well through the stretch, but they have an outrageous turnover differential. And turnovers, don't get me wrong, good players can cause turnovers. But turnovers are luck. If you're on defense, you need something to go your way for a turnover. Mm-hmm. Even if you jump around just right, you still need something to go your way for a turnover. And at some point, the regression's going to hit. And Justin Herbert's just the quarterback to do it. He's like a supercomputer, you know? Every time, he's reading left to right, making optimal throws. So if there's going to be a guy that picks apart your defense and doesn't fall for dumb interceptions, it's going to be Justin Herbert. It is kind of crazy, considering what we thought of these two teams going into the season and the fact that the Broncos started, what was it, 1-5? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And now, 
to be fair, the Chargers didn't exactly do much better. They started the season, yeah, two and three, and then it turned into four and uh, three and four pretty quickly. But it's just crazy. I would not have guessed that at this point in the year, this would be a two and a half point line. What would you have guessed going into the year? I mean, the Chargers at home, and considering my opinion on the Broncos and that the Chargers have Justin Herbert, they could at least put up points. I would have called this like a five, like a five and a half point spread. Yeah, that feels more appropriate. And I end up, I do kind of think that Denver ends up getting blown out here. I think this is like a, a get right game for the Chargers offense. Yeah, just in time for them to still 100% miss the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think they're getting in. I but- kind of hope that it comes down to week 18. Versus Kansas City, where Kansas City is still trying to vie for like playoff position, and then the Chargers cause Kansas City to be a four seed. Yeah, I, I think that there's there's a non-zero chance that the Chargers win this game, like thirty-eight to seven. They just kind of run away with it. I guess I shouldn't hold any team playing the Chargers seven. Thirty-eight to twenty. Are you thinking like the the, the turnover regression has hit, and Denver's going to go back to being the team that got seventy drops on? Yeah, it's just like like to get like a minus one in the turnover column. Like I don't think that we're gonna see Denver go like minus nine on the day in turnovers or anything like that. But a minus one, a minus two, that'll flip the game. I mean, and pretty significantly because Justin Herbert's just a lot better than some of the quarterbacks they've been getting these wins against. I mean, obviously they get the weird win against Buffalo, they get the weird win against Kansas City. But pre Thanksgiving, Jordan Love, Josh Dobbs. And whoever was quarterbacking for Cleveland in week 12 are some of their more recent wins in this stretch. Yeah, it wasn't exactly like it was a dominant stretch like for co- competition-wise. With the exception of they, they caught Kansas City. Who's, that was but, the flu game. The Mahomes yeah. flu game. Yeah. And then they, they had that Buffalo game where Sean McDermott was actively pissing down his own leg the entire time. <laughs> yes. That's the game that got Ken Dorsey fired and led to us arguing eight minutes ago about if Ken Dorsey was good or not. Yeah. Someone on the staff just kept bringing McDermott new pants and he would turn to them and go, you know, these pants are a lot like nine 11 when you think about it. <laughs> I mean, like you want to throw out a, a game. You want to throw out yeah. another game. You want to talk some game ski here. Talk a little, first, talk a little football, talk, a uh, predict some week 14 preview some week 14. First one I'll throw out Indy at Cincinnati. Why is this on the list? I don't know. Playoff implications. <laughs> Cincinnati's not out of it yet. Big Browning, Mike. Big Browning. He's dude. You see what he did this week? It was a spike week. <laughs> like what college? Week. What college did Jake Browning play at? Oh shit! I couldn't tell you. I'm gonna guess like Washington before Michael Penix Jr. got there. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly where he's playing. Fucking go! <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll stop talking over you. The rest of the podcast now. Yeah, right. Uh, Cincinnati's minus one and a half point favorite. Over under a 43 and a half. Colts are just like this weird team. I expect so little from them, but yet they keep delivering so much. (laughs) Like last week when we were previewing Philly, San Francisco, something I said during that game is that the Eagles just find a way to win. Mm -hmm. Really, it's the Colts. The Colts just find a way to win. It's like the, the Philly still has some of the stink on them, but really the stink went to Indianapolis. And that's why just every game Indy is in. And they end up winning. And Gardner Minshew rushes for a touchdown every week, too. He's like a viable fantasy quarterback. Michael Pittman just passed Marvin Harrison for the most catches through like a certain stretch of time as an Indianapolis Colt. It's like through the first five years as a Colt or something. 
That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, Indianapolis has quietly been awesome. Zach Moss went from Let's being go. the second or third most important running back on the Buffalo Bills to being better than Jonathan Taylor. I don't know what is up with these Colts, but they are crazy good. Shaq Leonard, they just fucking cut him. They're just like, yeah, we don't need him. He signed yeah. with Philly. Super Bowl contender Philly. Yeah, they lost. So Richardson goes down, and then now Taylor's out to like early January because he hurt his thumb. <laughs> and uh, But it doesn't matter. Gardner Minshew, RB1, Zach Moss, gives zero fucks. Like people, they've kind of become, now that Broncos have lost, they're like the new hot team right now. Like they, they started two and one and then proceeded to lose four of their next five. And then now have peeled off four straight wins. Now they, had to, they had to get everything right. They had to figure everything out. Now to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, the four wins uh, streak is against Panthers, Patriots, Bucks, and Titans. <laughs> But those are kind of the games you'd expect the Colts to like be in and have a chance to win against like the worst teams. And this is a like a, the same game here because without Burrow, Cincinnati's not the same team. And then after that, they play Steelers, Falcons, Raiders. Those oh are all God. winnable. Indy's making the playoffs, aren't they? Yeah. And then they finish up Houston at the end of the year, which could end up being like a pretty big game. That might be for the for the division. Who knows? We yeah, that could be for the division. For the playoffs, who knows? So, by the way, gotta... right now, Indy is tied for the longest win streak in the NFL. With who? The 49ers oh. and the Cowboys. Is the Cowboys only at four? Or is it? Oh, wow. It's only at four. Oh, because they have that Eagles loss. Yeah, that Eagles there. loss. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, but when you talk about who are the hottest teams in football right now, you got to talk about the three Super Bowl contenders the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> exactly. So the only thing that worries me, if you're someone hoping for the Colts to get to, I really hope that burp didn't come up on the mic. I apologize. I, the only thing you have to worry about is that it is Gardner Minshew. And like, he's that scrappy backup who will like have these games where you're like, damn, Gardner Minshew. And he's like keeping you guys in the playoff race. And then all of a sudden, like late in the year, I'll just have this dog shit game <laughs> where you're like, oh yeah, Gardner Minshew. Yeah, like, it, would it really surprise you if you if you turned the ball over four times in uh, either like this week or next week? Yeah, like the next two games after this week, when they play like the Steelers, really good defense, Falcons, strong, like really strong defense. Like those could be games where Minshew super struggles, unless Anthony Richardson decides to come back. Has he been talking to Aaron Rodgers' doctor? Maybe I don't know what super serum the shit they gave captain america i guess that they're injecting aaron Rodgers. If, if there was gonna be a crazy scientist owner it would have to be jim or so i feel like we could go that right i mean he did pay like 25 million dollars to try to save an orca whale yeah unsuccessfully he's an inspiration for him to you know cont- you know after being prejudiced against something that's how you pronounce that but dealing with prejudice against white billionaires that so many white billionaires deal with would you see mike Jim Mercer was driving drunk, and they pulled him over just because he was a white billionaire. Yeah. He's such an asshole. Now that Schneider's out, he is hands down like the grossest owner. Him and Tepper, man, are making the the run for worst owner in the NFL right now. But is Tepper like also 
come across as a slimy human being or is he just like a terrible owner who won't well he's a venture capitalist guy so i assume he's a bad person but that's on me more than it's on him he's a white billionaire so (laughs) aren't they all (laughs) aren't they all except for shad khan yeah anything else on indie cincinnati you might throw your next game at me i'll throw my next game at you um we switched gimmicks this week i went all divisional games no you did yeah detroit at chicago I was get, totally passed over this game on my first pass through the games. I started doing my notes and everything, and I passed over this game again. And then, like, my third look through at the odds, I saw this game, and I was like, wait, why is this a three-point line? Which I put that on the notes on, like, Tuesday or Wednesday, and it's mm-hmm. still a three-point line. Yep. I I don't understand that. Like... Okay, I get it. Detroit's been cold since Thanksgiving, right? Mm-hmm. Season long, if you just look at their offenses, season long, Detroit, eighth in offensive EPA per play, Chicago, 23rd. Mm-hmm. So you say, okay, yeah, Detroit started off the season hot. They got some good wins. What about since Thanksgiving, though? Since Thanksgiving, Detroit, 15th in EPA, Chicago, 25th. It's not like Chicago suddenly surged up the fucking boards to be just as good as Detroit. It's not like either one of these defenses are terrifying. This, like what? What the fuck does Vegas know that I don't know? Well, golf hasn't looked as great recently. I think that's part of it. Their offense in the last four weeks giving up. Am I on the right team? Yeah, their offense in the last four weeks giving up thirty-eight, twenty-six, twenty-nine, and twenty-eight isn't a good look either. Or their defense, I mean. Like, I mean, but we've been saying that for weeks. Like, this defense isn't strong, so they're going to have to put up points to to win games. And, I mean, I don't know. Justin Fields is basically playing for his job right now. Let's let's see how that's gone so far. Right, but the Lions beat the Bears 26-31, to 31, like, two weeks ago. Yeah, that was that game where the Bears had to lead most of the game, and then the Lions scored, like, 14 points in the last, like, four minutes yeah that was the darnell right kicks the ball at the back of the end zone game yeah i guess is it because it's in chicago are they like tiny hands golf is going to be too cold i mean that that's not like i don't think that's something you can just totally ignore the conditions they still got jameer gibbs and dave montgomery though that's true it's also it's i mean Justin Fields in his last two games, his like best game of the season. Well, he had those two like crazy outlier games before he got hurt. And then he threw for 169 and ran for like over 100 against Detroit last time. So maybe that performance is factoring into it. I don't know. I think a lot of it is just Detroit's defense. They've basically been in close games the last four weeks. So. They just look vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point. The Bears obviously crush bad defenses, uh, like when they played the Panthers and won by three points, only scoring 16 points. Or when they played the Vikings, who have an okay defense, better, probably better than the Lions, but not by much, uh, and won 12 to 10. Or, you know, when they played that obviously renowned defense in, in LA for the Chargers and uh, only managed to score 13 points. Although that was Tyson Bajan, but still. Yeah. No, you, you are right. But... All that matters is last time they played Detroit, it was a five-point game. So, and they led for most of the game. Can small sample sizes, man. Jared Goff had three interceptions. He's been a, he's kind of been between that and fumbles. He's been a turnover machine lately. 
You his really teeny, think that tiny hands? You really think Jared Goff is going to throw three more interceptions? I don't know. Montez That's... Sweat. He's going to be coming for that that right arm of Goff. Uh, someone didn't read my article on Montez Sweat. He's going to see them tiny hands of Goff, and he's going to be licking his lips. <laughs> strip sack, strip sack, central baby. It's Montez Sweat and Yannick Ngakwe. Tearing it up. No major injuries for Detroit. Frank, I mean, their 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 center is questionable, but yeah, Ragnar. no major injuries. Yeah, Ragnar's questionable, and then obviously, do you think CJ Garner Johnson makes that much of a difference? Chauncey Garner Johnson, nah. yeah, I mean, no. he's he's probably their best defensive back outside of Brian Branch, mm-hmm. but it's still a defensive back. How much difference does one defensive back make? That's true. So currently, God, this game's gonna be so much fun to watch. Um. Currently, the, the line for both quarterbacks on touchdowns thrown is one and a half, and the juice is significantly on the under. So <laughs> uh, Vegas is guessing that, that they aren't throwing a lot of touchdowns in this game. What's the weather forecast? Alexa, what's the weather on Sunday? You're fucking big league me. <laughs> Sunny, right? Partially cloudy. Yeah, cloudy and 35 degrees. Okay, yeah, that's what covers.com has it at. So, yeah, my Alexa also said that. So Yeah, so I mean... It's just cold. I don't know how much that affects Jared Goff. He'll have gloves on because he's a little bitch, but I think he'll be fine. I was watching... Oh God, I can't remember what the game was, but on Sunday, there was a kicker wearing a glove. Oh, it was... Uh, ten- you texted me about that in t- the Tennessee game. Yeah, what are you doing, dude? Come on. <laughs> no, but the announcers loved like every five minutes. Right? Even if it was like during like an indie offensive play, they were like, now remember... The Titans punter got hurt. <laughs> so Tannehill has to hold the ball for field goals. Will Levis. No, Tannehill was doing it. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't realize where you I decided I was going to correct you before I listened to the end of your sentence. Yeah. They, they missed the one kick. And I was like, like had my phone out to like tweet laces out, Ryan. And then they showed the replay and he had the laces out. And I was like, damn it. All right, Mike, you want to talk about your last game here? Yeah, I got two tickets to paradise. Pack your bags. We're leaving the day after tomorrow. So we got the eight and four Jags against the seven and five Browns. I put this down when I thought before I checked T-Law's injury status, but he's questionable. But then again, even if he plays, you know, we saw Burrow fall apart because he had a bad calf injury. Lawrence with a bad ankle. Versus Miles Garrett. Especially with those long giraffe legs he has. Yeah, was like, yeah he's going to lose his stride. I don't know. <laughs> we need to do an off-season podcast on just what every quarterback in the NFL runs like. Yeah, yeah Murray runs like a toddler. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes runs like he's trying not to spill his beer. Josh runs like a golden god. Um, Browns have lost their last two against the Broncos and Rams, so not a great sample size. But Joe Flacco slinging it now. <laughs> Joe Flacco with the second worst interception of Sunday. This was one of those moments when I saw that Joe Flacco interception and I heard everyone talk about Joe Flacco. It was one of those moments where it killed us where I was like, oh, no one watched this game. No. Everyone just looked at the stat line afterwards and was like, Joe Flacco played well. And mind you, he played better than their other options have. But he threw such an egregious pick. True. But like you said, considering he was a guy who was like at home tending to his flower beds and he got a phone call. Like, Flacco, he still got it in you. He was like Keanu Reeves in that movie, Replacements. (laughs) Never saw it. 
No, I thought you were going John Wick. <laughs> no, no. They, Joe Flacco didn't come back and they were like, the Baba Yaga. <laughs> you stole Flacco's car. <laughs> um, but with the Lawrence injury, I feel like this could be a weird one where it's like lower scoring than you'd expect and somehow the Browns could possibly win. Lower scoring than I would expect in a Browns game? Right, that's true. Is Miles Garrett full participant in practice? You got that up in front of you? Uh, he's had that shoulder injury that was bugging him last week. I don't see him on injury reports right now. I think he's still going to be limited. You don't, you don't heal from a shoulder injury that fast. Shoulder injuries are a bitch and a half. Yeah. Because you can't really do much. Well, that's a collarbone where you can't do much. You just got to set it. But I don't know if his shoulder is similar. Yeah, shoulder is just like a bunch of small muscles in a row. Mm-hmm. Like you think like shoulder muscle, but it's not. You have like your entire rotator cuff and your front and rear delts, which are, or I guess side and rear delts, but whatever. Like, it's just like a bunch of muscles all around there. So you just like fuck up one small muscle and you're just screwed. Yeah, I checked like, like on PFF and on covers, neither of them have him listed on the injury report. So that's a good sign. But like you said, yeah, like, him, him being 100% is probably not a, a thing. Say, but Lawrence, I could be 100%. So. I don't know. I keep like kind of hanging this on the... Trevor Lawrence injury, but you don't think CJ Beathard can really shred this Cleveland Browns defense? Uh, I don't, especially since he oh, he's listed as questionable with the shoulder injury. <laughs> oh no, it's contagious. Yes, so who knows? You think if you had to put odds on it, you think Lawrence plays? Uh, no, I mean that didn't look good. It didn't having look a three hundred pounder stepping on your ankle. Yeah, it didn't look good. It's a high ankle sprain, which, you know, Ooh. notoriously take longer to heal. And also, he was so manly, he didn't ask for the cart. <laughs> you wave it off. Force <laughs> it to make a U-turn. I heard that when he got back there, he tipped the cart over and set it on fire. He really showed I'm them. A, I'm a man. While balancing on one leg, he tipped the cart over. <laughs> I just assumed that Trevor Lawrence only listens to Wonderwall. <laughs> on repeat? Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Takes out. I'm sure he probably takes out an acoustic guitar in the locker room. And everybody's like, oh, fuck, here we go again. I mean, have you seen his hair? <laughs> After everyone. <laughs> all right, that's all I got for my games. That's all I got for mine. I'm sure you could tell that at the point when I was talking about Trevor Lawrence and Wonderwall that I didn't really have much else to add to the, the d- discussion it, here. It is kind of funny that the Seahawks have fallen apart so much that we didn't even talk about Seahawks Niners. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, that's it's a layup for the Niners, right? I mean, I get it. It's weird divisional shit. Pete Carroll has been around for so long that he's always going to pull out one or two of these. But Geno, the clock at midnight, Geno Smith turned back into a, not a full pumpkin, but like a half pumpkin. He's like a mm-hmm. yam. Is that like halfway between a, a zucchini? Is that like halfway between a person and a pumpkin? A, a yam is like a, a, is that more like a potato? Like a sweet potato? What's what's halfway between a pumpkin and a person then, Mike? Like or what's like a miniature pumpkin? A squash would be a good one. There you go. Yeah, or yeah, like a butternut squash. Yeah. So, so Dino Smith hasn't turned back into a pumpkin, but he's turned into a butternut squash at the very least. Turned into a total butternut. <laughs> that's how we. That's how we should put it. You ever spread right. butternut on your pop tarts when you were a kid? No. <laughs> Last question. I'm going to ask you. Would you take the under in Rams Ravens? Is that forty and a half? No, no. I, I, you know, we we talked about this on the, the podcast a few weeks ago. I like this Rams defense, but they're young. Yeah, 
And the Ravens have been looking for an offensive bounce back game. And then on the other end of things, fucking Stafford, Nakua, Cup, Kyron yeah. Williams, you're asking me to bet against that? Damn. Tyler Higby? Texans Jets over under is at 33 and a half. That has to be because they think the Jets are scoring like three, right? Yeah, they think the Jets are scoring yeah. three and that the Jets defense is still better than it is. Yeah. Any other over-unders you want to throw out here while you're looking yeah. at the, the slate? I mean, I, I could, but we'll be here all day. Yeah, I mean, since we're, since we're analysts, Mike, what, what do you think the first drive result is in Detroit, Chicago? Who has the ball? We don't know. Punt, offensive touchdown, field goal attempt, any other. Punt. There you go. You guys heard it here first. Punt plus 100. You parlay right. that with the Rams, Ravens over. You got a stew going, baby. You got a stew. What's the favorite on that field goal or punt plus 100? Punt is the favorite. Punt. Word. All right, Mike, you want to throw out your plugs? Get out of here. Yeah, got a fresh on Saturday coming out this week. We're going to look at the conference championship. Got to talk about the controversial playoff selections where I'm going to have a take that is not going to, the masses will not agree with, but sorry about it. And What's don't worry. LSU should have made the playoff? No. Okay. Speaking of that, though, I will talk about the Heisman finalists that were announced. Uh, and don't worry, there'll be a couple bets on the only game this week because as is tradition, last week of the regular season, there's only one game. It's Army versus Navy, um, which will be boring as shit, but people will still watch it. <laughs> Going to go ahead and drop that tomorrow because we got the pie dropping tonight and I just don't want to fill up the feed too much and it's not at all because I need more time to finish it. That is not at all why. <laughs> so got that coming up for a couple weeks out from some more uh, pro wrestling predictions. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can follow Mike at, at Talent Alone Mike. You can follow me at Talent Alone Adam on Twitter. We should be getting a guest writer in here this week to drop some other content. Uh, push that live on my Twitter account. We'll have Team Town Alone, since what I'm hearing from Mike is that we'll have on Saturday at tomorrow. Expect Team Town Alone probably on Saturday. And on Saturday on Friday. <laughs> Gets confusing, man. Uh, it does. You want, you want to give a little preview for Baski this week? What are we talking about? Oh, yeah. I mean... Don't say basketball and hockey. <laughs> <laughs> probably talking... Knockout rounds going on in the NBA. Uh, currently, Indian Indiana is up 67-62 on Milwaukee in the third quarter. The Pacers, man, the story. Be, be sure you go read the t- Town Alone watchability rankings for League Pass. I talked at length about Indiana this week. For hockey, there was something I want to talk about with hockey. I just wish I had written it down. So now I can't remember. Um, I mean, the Arizona Coyotes are outrageously hot. Probably need yeah. to touch on them. And they're also outrageously fun. The Vancouver's kind of fallen off, so I guess the, we can talk about those. Oh, Ottawa hired a guy that's definitely going to replace DJ Dallas, and uh, Ottawa's going to get fired. Or uh, uh, Ottawa's at the bottom of the East, so. Yeah. Those, are, those are some general ideas. We'll have it more coalesced, obviously. If I just show up on the podcast and I'm just pitching ideas still, then probably skip that one. Gotcha. <laughs> Uh, besides that, keep your eyes on townalone.com. We sometimes get random content up there that we don't push on the podcast, and that's either something comes together at the last second or we forgot to say something, which is very possibly happened this week. And with that, Mike, only one guy left to shout out. The Yak King. Big guy, Brock. <laughs> <laughs>